If you've ever tried to imagine what it was like to live in the ancient Roman Empire, you'll find an amazing level of detail has been unearthed in and around Pompeii on the slopes of Italy's Mount Vesuvius. This is where you can see, to this day, how parts of ancient Roman society continue on in the way we live our lives in our age. American-born Nina Bernardo lives in Rome, and she's been taking tourists through the streets and buildings of Pompeii now for years. Nina, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. So what is special about Pompeii? I mean, people travel three hours on the train south from Rome on a grueling day trip just to see Pompeii. But I think Pompeii is the only place where you can really understand the Romans, how systematic they were, what a pragmatic people they were, and what it was like for daily life for a Roman citizen. You really can resurrect that sort of... uh, intimate kind of here I am in the market. Or oh, absolutely. It's not just or... a pile of rubble. Absolutely. It's not just a pile of rubble. And you really get a chance to see how they constructed their buildings, how they laid out their street patterns, and how much of that is really very modern. You can make a lot of connections between the ancients and what we do today, and how much of our civilization is based on Roman civilization. You can even see towers that used to hold water tanks. Oh, yeah, be absolutely. be fed by aqueducts and then be piped with the help of gravity throughout the whole town. Right. They had a very extensive, elaborate system for distribution of water to everyone. You really gain an appreciation for Roman engineering when you get to walk through Pompeii. Yeah, you really do. What happened exactly on August 24th, 79 A.D.? Well, the fact that it happened on August 24th, I always find ironic. It was the day after the annual festival dedicated to the god Vulcan, who is the god of the forge. There were certainly some signs ahead of time that warned that Vesuvius was going to erupt, but only very few people would have understood what those signs were. So basically, all of a sudden, a plume of smoke came up, and it eventually, over hours and hours, shot up something like 20 kilometers into the sky. And it took several hours for that to happen. And then all of a sudden, this huge ash cloud filled with pumice and stone came down and just... Just buried the city. Just buried the city. I mean, really buried the city. People were stopped literally in their tracks. Yeah, exactly. Today, we can even see these casts. You can see the plaster casts. The archaeologists are amazing. When they were digging down, excavating in there, what they found is that the bodies that were buried, the skeletons remained, but they had left an outline of where the body was. And so they injected liquid plaster into there. So you have the outline of the body, but the actual bones are still inside in the position they were when they died. So you can see some of the expressions on their faces. It's very dramatic. It is extremely dramatic. Nina, take me on just a walk down the street in Pompeii, and as a tour guide, tell me what I would see, and then how, by looking at that and knowing what it meant, I could sort of uh, get a sense of what life was like 2,000 years ago. The first big space that you're going to encounter is the Forum, and you'll notice that it says pedestrian only. Um, You'll notice that most of the important administrative public buildings and temples are around the Forum. So you'll see it really was the heart of the city, the gathering place, the social, the political, the economic center of the city. And when you understand that Pompeii was a commercial town, you'll know that travelers were coming in there from all corners of uh, the Roman Empire, and that's a place that they would meet to exchange news. So it really was the hub of the city. It was the heartbeat of the city. And it really is pedestrian only. I remember there's big, tall stones that mark the end of a traffic road right at the gateway to the Forum, to the main square. Now, when we look at the Forum, we would have great temples. We would have marketplaces. What else would we have? You would have administration buildings. You would have the Basilica, which is the most important building for administering justice, where a judge would sit. Uh, You would have something like a city hall. Mm -hmm. And you would have all kinds of shops. So think about what we would call a shopping mall. 
it's dramatic to me because you stand in the forum and you think of the grandeur of this when you when you can kind of put this rubble all back together, and then you look on the horizon and you see half a mountain. Exactly. And that's, and that's Vesuvius. And to think that it once was pyramid-shaped. Right. In fact, I believe that the Great Museum in Naples has most of the important art from Pompeii. Right. Everything that was not stolen during the unauthorized excavations was taken to the Naples Archaeological Museum, the most important in all of Italy. And I, I remember seeing a fresco that actually shows Pompeii before it blew. Right. In Covered in vegetation all the way to the top. A, it looked like a cornucopia of abundance and life, and life really was good before 79 AD. Absolutely. And because that's always been a heavily volcanic area, the soil extremely rich and fertile. So it was always a great place for growing vines and uh, olive trees. So they had a very important wine production that was one of the biggest industries outside of Pompeii. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Pompeii with uh, tour guide Nina Bernardo. And uh, when we walked down the streets of Pompeii, we're reminded what clever engineers the Romans were. Sidewalks were elevated to cover plumbing. Sidewalks are elevated to cover plumbing, also to keep uh, you from getting wet. If you think about water that would have been rushing through the streets at all times, animals that were pulling the carriages would have left their excrement in the streets, so you don't want to walk on that. In fact, there's even stepping stones, aren't there? Exactly. Crosswalks. So you can step over there to get to the other side. Stepping stones that let the chariot wheels go by and all the muck on the cobbles, but people with their nice sandals could stay above all the muck. Exactly. And you can also, underneath some of that, you can see where they laid their piping. So you can understand that they had a piping system that brought water to each and every individual home. So they would have had T-junctions that brought water from the water towers to the drinking fountains, but also to each of the individual homes. And the Very democratic in that way. How so? Well, just that everybody had access, for example, to running water. You didn't have to live in the poshest section of town. Okay. And you can even see the lead pipes remaining. You can, right. The ones that weren't stolen are still there. You can see grooves carved into the stone from the chariots. Absolutely, right. And you can see where they were replacing some of those stones as they were continually doing maintenance on the city. And we have to remember as well that Pompeii existed well before. By 79 AD, Pompeii was already 600 years old. Really? Mm -hmm. So it was a a well-established town. Right. Take us into a private home in Pompeii. What would we see? How can we get an insight into into the lifestyle of somebody who had a nice home in Pompeii? Um... A middle-class home or an extremely wealthy home, basically the same layout, but you walk in and there's kind of a welcome area, an atrium area that would have been open to the sky, so rainwater would have come in and drained into a cistern. Um, There would have been a waiting area where you would have waited to see the man of the house if you had any business to attend to. And off to the sides would have been private bedrooms, maybe in the back. There would have been a beautiful garden where they would have had outdoor meals in the summertime. Um, If they would have had guests there, that's where they would have had their meals, and they would have had slaves entertaining them with music and poetry. It's amazing, and beautiful frescoes remain on some of the walls. On some of the walls, yes. The Villa of the Mysteries especially, but almost everywhere you go, you can see the remnants of some painting. Now it's dark. We've just had a party. I want to go for a stroll in the streets. Uh, There's not a lot of light. But there's little, um, the sidewalks. The sidewalks all have um, marble chips in them. So they're almost like cat's eyes. So they reflect the moonlight so that you can get around without being in total darkness. I mean, it's really amazing the detail that they attended to. These are the little intimate insights you can gain by thoughtfully approaching a great site like Pompeii. But imagine walking just by, by moonlight and you have these reflective cat eyes in the sidewalk in a day before electricity, obviously, that helped you know where you're going. It's genius. What's another little intimate glimpse of life that you enjoy as a guide? In I Pompeii? love seeing the snack bars because it's the fast food of, of ancient times. So you so, walk in and you see where the containers were held, where they would have kept food hot or cold. Um, usually the snack bars are outside of the theaters or the brothels or the spas, uh, the baths. 
And that's where people would have gone to get a meal or a drink. And I forget the number, maybe 40-odd, 50-odd snack bars in Pompeii. Snack bars all over town? All over town. I believe there were 30 brothels. Right. So Also an important industry. So but if you think about Pompeii as a, a traveling town, a commercial town, all those travelers coming in there. Ah, it was a sailor's town. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, a lot of people forget that the sea silts up and recedes over 2,000 years. Right. So Pompeii was much closer to the sea. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Nina Bernardo. We're talking about Pompeii. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. Daphne's on the phone in Kensington, Maryland. Daphne, thanks for your call. Hi, uh, you're welcome. My husband and I are going to Italy for the first time, and we'll be in Rome for a week. And I'm wondering, is it worth taking all day and going to Pompeii, or will we get a similar experience at, I think it's called Asta Antica in your Rome? Well, this is a very, very good point, Daphne, because as I mentioned, Pompeii is three and a half hours south of Rome, really, by train, and that's a grueling day, but it can be done. But Ostia Antica, the ancient seaport of Rome, which I think had 60,000 people in its heyday, is just a half an hour subway train ride to the south of Rome, and that could give you an adequate experience and save you six hours en route. Nina, how would you compare Ostia with Pompeii? I think they're both excellent experiences, but I think Pompeii is really worth the train back and forth because I think it gives you a much more complete picture. Um, Ostia is the most important port. It was a a trading, a commercial town, but Pompeii really gives you a look into daily life for the average Mm -hmm. Roman citizen. I would stress that the great art of Pompeii is now in the National Museum in Naples. So, you know, Daphne, what you might want to do is just uh, give yourself a couple of nights in uh, Sorrento, a beautiful town, just a half an hour away from Pompeii. That's the resort town. Naples is kind of like the urban jungle. So you could take the train down to Sorrento and spend the better part of the day in Naples visiting the National Museum and enjoying what I just think is one of the most exciting cities in all of Europe, Naples. Settle into the resort in Sorrento and then take most of the next day to see Pompeii, enjoy Sorrento that evening, and then take the train back to Rome. Nina, any I thoughts I think that's on that? a great use of time, absolutely. Yeah. And it's a nice break away from Rome as well just to get onto the coast for a while. Okay. Any other thoughts, uh, Daphne? The question, honestly, is when I looked online at some of the images of um, Pompeii, I saw, I think, what it's still there, like the bodies of some of the people who died. And then I thought, oh, God, is this really like kind of going to be very depressing? Well, there are only a couple of places there where you can see the plaster casts. So one in one of the marketplaces, they have two in display cases. And then there's another area that you really have to seek out to see more of the plaster casts. But I think that's just a really interesting look. I think it actually brings the people of Pompeii closer, the Pompeians closer to us to see that. Okay, so it's only in two places, and, and it's not like all, you don't see them everywhere. It's not going to be a morbid experience. There's nothing, okay. there's nothing morbid about Pompeii, really. No. no. Okay. And, but remember, Daphne, the, the museum in Naples is so rich, and you've got so much incredible frescoes and pottery and uh, insights into the intimate uh, daily life of the people of Pompeii that it's just a shame to see Pompeii without going to the museum in Naples. I think you've only had half of experience if you've done only right. Pompeii. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. That's great. Thank you, Daphne, for the call, and and good luck on your trip. Thanks. Bye-bye. Another thing, Nina, is uh, Herculaneum. It's another town that was destroyed in the same eruption. It's a small version. uh, Well, it's a smaller town, but it's quite different. How would you compare Herculaneum and Pompeii? Than Pompeii. One, it was covered in 30 or 40 feet of lava and mud, so it's preserved much, and it's in a much better state than Pompeii is in. So you can see, for example, some of the wood in situ, which you can't see in Pompeii, some of the second stories you can see. Mm -hmm. It's a much smaller site because most of it is under the modern city. But we've said Pompeii was a commercial town. Herculaneum was really a much more upscale kind of place. So that whole coast south of Rome around Napoli was all the playground of the rich and famous. All right. This is Travel with Rick Steves. Our phone number is 877 
888-528-7425. Natalie's on the line in Ashburn, Virginia. Natalie, thanks for your call. Hi, thank you. Uh, I am taking a cruise, actually, and touring different places in Italy with a group of 10 people, and they range in age from 13 to 70. And so I'm looking for something that we can do in, you know, a nine-hour-ish time period that would be relevant for everyone included. You know, Natalie, I think I can actually answer this quite well because I was just in Naples on a cruise, And I was um, skeptical about how can uh, you enjoy an efficient nine hours on on shore from your boat in Naples. The boat docks literally right downtown in Naples. It's the handiest jumping-off point for any of the cruise ports that I experienced. And right there at the port, there's a good tourist information office, and there's a whole line of government-regulated taxis. And these guys have regulated fees. You don't pay until you're done. And there's minibus taxis where you could put a lot of people in. With a group of 10... You, you could actually book two taxis, and you'd find that they could do a very efficient day for you, giving you a drive down to Pompeii. You could actually go up to Vesuvius if you wanted to. They could take you through the site at Pompeii, and they would get you back to the ship before departure time. And they have an incentive in that because they don't get paid until they bring you back in time for you to catch your ship. And is it better then to negotiate a rate up front, or just is it a per-hour rate? How does that work? Uh, They would have the rates actually printed right there, and you would want to establish the rate and make it really clear this is the complete rate. The beautiful thing about renting a taxi from the port is, wherever you are in Europe, it's about the same for one person or for four people. And if you had a minibus, it would be marginally more expensive, but it really becomes quite efficient and quite economic when you have a group of people all doing something together. Your biggest frustration, Natalie, is going to be there's like three days' worth of things to see from that cruise port, and you've only got that one day. Exactly. That's why, you know, especially with the big difference in ages, I wanted to make sure I saw the things that were the most popular but that would still be appealing to all the ages. Well, if you've got the luxury of a, of a driver and a guide and a car, I think you just want to hit the ground running. As soon as that gangplank's down, be on it. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for your help. You bet. Good luck, Natalie, with your little tour of 10. Thank you so much. Allison's on the line in Spokane, Washington. Allison, thanks for your call. Oh, hi, Rick and Nina. Thank you. Um, Hey, my family and I are flying into Rome. We arrive on a Wednesday morning in Rome uh, with our 14-year-old son. Then we have a full day Thursday in Rome before we leave in the morning on Friday to go to Venice to meet up with a tour. So we have this full day in Rome. We've always wanted to go see Pompeii, but I wonder, is it really a doable one-day trip with a bus tour? We can't afford the expensive private guide. I'm wondering, uh, for price and amount of hours, are we going to be completely exhausted and kind of spoil the rest of our big trip? We'd love to see Pompeii. We'd also just love to have a leisurely afternoon on the Amalfi Coast and then hop on a bus and get back in bed in time not to be exhausted the next day. What do you think? Your problem is you only have one day. (laughs) (laughs) You're just trying to do two days' worth of stuff in one day. Yeah, you really have to choose what it is you want. One of those options is possible, but you have to choose. You mean either Pompeii or the coast? Exactly. Yeah. It is Italy. Things don't work like clockwork. You're in Rome, and and Pompeii is south of Naples, so there's an express train. What is it, two hours from Rome to Naples now? Yeah, the really fast one is an hour and five minutes, but it's also the most expensive. It's going to cost about 45 euros one way. Okay, so if you can afford the fast train, that'll save you a couple hours of time en route over the course of the day. You might consider having a driver. Well, it's expensive to have a driver, you know, so you need to use public transit, I think. It was close to $1,000, I think, for the three of us to have a private driver for a full day to do Pompeii and Amalfi, I think. But that would be from From Rome. Rome. But you would go faster by train than by private driver. 
If you want to have the luxury of a private driver, but you don't want to spend $1,000, you've got to take the train from Rome to Naples, and then it's 5 bucks to take the Circumvesuviana right to the doorstep of Pompeii. Oh, okay. It's very easy so to Nina, do. So Nina could get from your hotel in Rome to Pompeii in two hours if she had to. Probably. But that's really knowing how to do it. Mm-hmm. This is the classic American problem. You're trying to do too much. You know, in half an hour, you could be at Ostia. Ostia okay. is really great. You've got a 14-year-old with you. Ostia is your neighborhood Pompeii that's just easy access from Rome. And every time I go to Ostia, I, I just feel like this is really um, a special discovery. And mm. you, you get the magic. It's not as good as Pompeii, but you're going to save six hours of travel time by, mm-hmm. by going to Ostia instead of Pompeii. And I think to be practical, you sound like you don't want to exhaust yourself and you're on vacation, you know. Right. Take it easy. Make, make Ostia your Pompeii, given the fact that you only have one day and you have a child with you from Rome. I think that's a great idea. And come back. Make it an excuse to come back and do the yeah. Sorrento, Pompeii, coastal. Exactly. Because, you know, for 25 years I was leading tours in this area. And the one place where we could spend more nights than any other, even Paris and Rome and so on, was Sorrento. There was so much to do from Sorrento. You've got the Amalfi Coast. You've got Capri. You've got Vesuvius. You've got Pompeii. You've got wonderful city of Naples. And you've got just the elegance of being on vacation in Sorrento. Fantastic. Thanks, Allison, Thank you so much. and uh, good for you for taking your 14-year-old over there and having all of that inspiration. My first trip to Europe was when I was 14, and I ended up getting a history degree by accident and then ended up finding the career of my dreams, okay? Awesome, so, awesome. Same with me. I went at 14. I studied art history as a minor, and it opened the whole world for me. Isn't so that great? I'm excited. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye now. Okay, bye. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been prowling the ruins of Pompeii and bringing them to life with the help of Nina Bernardo. Nina, when you take a group through Pompeii, what is one spot where you really can kind of imagine you're actually there? I love going to the public baths. One, I love seeing the Roman engineerings, how they managed to make the hollow walls with the terracotta piping in there so that they could pipe in steam to make saunas. I love the beautiful decorations that they have in there, not only the mosaics, but the beautiful stucco decorations that are still left there. But most of all, I love realizing and understanding that those public baths were open to everybody. And now, today, we consider going to a spa kind of um, a luxury, whereas there they went all the time. And it was the full experience, the massaging, the oils, the warm room, the hot room, the cold plunge pool. and The beautiful decor? The beautiful decor. My goodness. As a tour guide... Somebody is lucky to have you to show them around, to bring that culture back to life. Nina Bernardo, thanks so much for sharing your expertise of Pompeii with us. Thank you. Each year, Rick Steves Tour Guides take free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Italy and beyond, one small group at a time. This year, we're featuring tours of Venice, Florence and Rome, the heart of Italy, Village Italy, South Italy and Sicily. For a free catalog, and Rick's Tour Experience DVD, visit the tour pages at ricksteves.com.